Welcome everybody to another episode of Arthritic Bourbon Bikers, and we have a new thumbnail. Ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were out yesterday and we shot some video of, or not video, but a photo while we were out of some items, put it together, made a new thumbnail, have that uploaded now. The podcast is now distributed on seven platforms, different podcast awesome. networks out there, I guess. We're on Google and Apple now, which is great. Uh, Anchor FM, if you're doing podcasts and you have interest in, in putting one out there, Anchor has made that process really easy. And they obviously they don't sponsor this, but it has been nice to be able to use Anchor because it's really pretty straightforward as a platform. So they're really doing some neat stuff out there. So today we wanted to talk about training. Bad word. <laughs> never, never a great word, but a word you may want to consider if you're getting ready to take a tour. <clears throat> One of the things we talked about, and we did some riding this week. Yeah. Um, you you did a couple days in a row, and I did a couple days this week in general. But we we got out on the bikes a little bit. Now today, in all fairness, in case anyone hears thunder and lightning, it is it is kind of nasty out. Like mm-hmm. there was a storm last night. It was rumbly and grumbly and yeah. making all kinds of noise. It's raining out there now. So if you hear thunder and so forth in the background, that might be why. But one of the things that I think that is most difficult about bicycle touring in general is that a lot of people can decide they want to do this, but then they go out, they get on the bike, they take off, and they've not really put in any time learning or training, mm-hmm. getting their body prepared for yeah. really long distance bicycle touring. Yeah. So I know that you and I both, we rode bicycles as kids, but and I don't know how many miles we rode because back then when you were a kid, you never tracked that kind of stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. And you can ride all day on your bicycle and not think anything about it. But, you know, as you as you get older and as you've been away from bikes for a while and you decide you're going to get back on a, in the bicycle seat. Mm-hmm. We're talking about some days that can that can be you can be in that saddle for five, six <clears throat> hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twelve year old joints are different than 40 something year old joints. And, and uh, yeah, a young young person can do it all day long. I think we've learned some things by by being out there and just doing it. I know I certainly have tried to do a lot of reading where I could find stuff. That's where I think that this is a good uh, topic to talk about because I don't know if if people really know how how do I go about how do I go about training. So, what do you think? Like, what historically talk a little bit about how you began to ride and get yeah. yourself acclimated to touring yeah you know most of the stuff early on was riding to campus in college and then you don't need to do much you just have a way to strap on your backpack to something you know but as i finished all that nonsense up and i started looking for something to do for enjoyment and fitness i I knew i would ride a little bit longer and back then it seemed like i had had a real hiatus from bicycling and so by the time i started it was like six six miles was 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 a landmark for me and uh You'd be sore in a couple different places sometimes. You know, it'd be maybe the joints you haven't used. It'd be the caboose, certainly is it. And then you realize you're out of breath too. And so I, I kind of think of three, three sort of things I struggle with. It's cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, being able to keep your breath, <laughs> keep yeah. your body moving yeah. with adequate oxygen. Really, you know, joint in general. Yeah, knees. And then it's really it's really the butt then. I mean, yeah. for touring, cycle touring, it's really the butt. And I think this is really one of those things that differentiates 
ride racing by road bike racing to to bike touring because mm-hmm. the guys who get on and do cycle racing i'm not saying they don't do long events some of them do 100 mile days no doubt about that but they their their training periods tend to be more aerobic i guess yeah a lot of times they're shorter <clears throat> sometimes they're more sprints sometimes they're they're one or two hour rides like you know a couple hour ride because they're putting in they're they're going much faster these Farther. most of these guys are i'm generalizing and, and kind of categorizing but they're young they're lean and they're on really lightweight thin hard tired bikes mm-hmm. oftentimes on pavement not always in our area but yeah, yeah. it's just a different style of biking yep. and theirs is very much more heavily on the cardio side of things I would say Yeah, and you know muscle speed oriented, speed oriented. Yeah. Yeah. but in touring it's it's all about time in the saddle mm-hmm. to me anyway yeah. you can go a really long distance if you can spend hours sitting in that saddle yeah yeah and I think when I think about touring, those are the things that I learned was I had to get over this kind of mental hurdle of, I think, you know, of just getting on the bike and wanting to go hard. I mean, there, that's fun sometimes. But when you are looking at many miles ahead of you, you have to change your perspective yeah, yeah. to be more of a, uh, I guess, more of the, the, the tortoise in the hare. Slow yeah. and steady, you've got to be able to to put the put the time in. So I think when it comes to training, that's a good perspective to keep in your mind. Yeah. I know that when I first get on the bike in the mornings, that the first thing I want to do is just really kind of go at it a little bit. But some recent um, folks that I've read, followed, talked to, and so forth, really talk about pacing yourself mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think when you begin to talk about training, that's something that the very foundation of, of when you're thinking about this you need to think about okay what is the objective with the touring it's usually miles distance and, and time mm-hmm. um, yeah on the bike yeah well and you know you have to uh, like we talked about you, you you do have to warm up and if you're you're doing them more slowly you're gonna spend most of the day doing it. you do start in the morning I'm a morning person. I wake up early, my mind gets going, but my, my body lags a little bit. And so you have to sort of be real cautious. You can't just, let's just say, jump out and, unless you're, you know, in your 20s. Sometimes that works for a little while. But you're going to start uh, popping the Advil <laughs> right into that. Right. There's a reason that, you know, arth- arthritic is in the beginning of this. Not that we're, as we've said, not that in, either of us are really truly diagnosed with arthritis. But I think it goes to the... To the thought of that you've got to think about those aches and pains and how to how to ease mm-hmm. into it in the mornings prevent and, them a little bit yeah prevent them <clears throat> and prevent injury and 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 really we talked a little bit about this yesterday so we went on a bike ride yesterday i think i said it, at least on my calculation it was 36.6 37 miles something like that mm-hmm. we kind of sort of met almost kind of halfway <clears throat> we kind of met halfway on the mm-hmm. on the ride but um, and we're, we're kind of suffering today a little bit. You can hear, you know, the sexy raspy voice of yeah. Jerry today, but, um, the trail was real dusty mm-hmm. and this time of year in Missouri, ragweed is like at an all time high. Um, we're hopefully on the downtrend. August is its peak. Usually September though, it's still in full, full force. And it was dusty. It was dirty. It was 
you know, allergies. And so, you know, all of these things contribute to your ability to, to sort of perform each day. Consecutive days. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. So you did some riding on, on Friday also. Mm -hmm. You did a late, kind of nighttime ride sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Just, I want people to kind of have a perspective of, you know, some guys in our, in our, our late forties now. Yep. <clears throat> We're on the back half of the forties, let's just say. <laughs> And how that is, you know, how that, you know, a guy doing a couple days in a row and with that, like kind of, the, I mean, you talked a little bit yesterday about how that, how you were feeling. And that's mm -hmm. an important thing to take into consideration. Yeah. Now, I, uh, some of the rides I do, like after a day of work or whatever, I'll hop on the trail and go. And it might be 20 miles, might be 40 miles. And I might go faster or slower. And that day I, I sort of slowed down. I stopped, had something to eat. And uh, the... Um, the local university's having a big game the day after, and so the drum corps is all downtown. So I thought, I'll hang around and listen to this. So I was out pretty late. I didn't roll in home until 11 p.m. with my lights and all kinds of stuff. But um, the total sum of that was several hours of riding on and off. So knees, you know, quads, everything, got a little bit of a workout. And then I didn't sleep well. Got up early. Right. Uh, my wife was going out of town, so I got up early, kind of helped her get her stuff ready. So that night ride you did was 40, 40, 40 miles? Yeah. 41? Something, yeah. Something like that? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> got up and kind of got Brenda going, and then we rode. Right. And I thought, yeah, it's not been a lot of hours between my, <laughs> my last ride, yeah. and I really could feel it that morning. And I had a little bit of, maybe a little more stuff on the bike. Not a ton, but it was really... A chore. It just felt like I was going through some some sand, and I knew that the trail was probably in even better shape by the time we got out because it was a little more dry. And well, I really felt I yeah. felt like I was had the monkey on my back a little bit. Yeah, and I think that we've talked a little bit about you're um, not used to really like when you ride or train. Mm -hmm. A lot of your training is in the afternoons because mm -hmm. you know, like most people out there, we have jobs and things that we do and. We're not retired or whatever, and I know some people are, but for us, a lot of times that riding has to happen, you know, three o'clock or after, yes. let's just mm -hmm. say in general, in the afternoon. So if you're training, you, you need to take into consideration things like what's it like when I ride in the morning versus what's it like when I ride mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And that's everything from rest, number mm -hmm. one, just in general, whether it be sleep or just resting your joints or, or whatever. That's to, if you take any medications, mm -hmm. like yeah. how are they, how does that fluctuate throughout yeah. the day? Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in fairness for them, you, you're you a physician, so you you know kind of some of the possibilities of <clears throat> drug interactions or the way drugs, I mean, not interactions, but more like how they can, you know, cycle yeah. depending on your day or yeah. things or like you've that. you've had food. Nutrition, <clears throat> obviously, yeah. like mm -hmm. have you had breakfast? What kind of things did you eat for breakfast even can make a mm -hmm. difference, at least for, for me, I've noticed, yeah. any of the types of food. So you need to think about all these things when you're training. Um, and you need some variety because on cycle touring trips that we do and prepare for, it's usually get up and ride in the morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. on the average, like let's, <clears throat> even if you're at a place like, let's talk about it, when we were in Kentucky mm -hmm. and we were doing that, um, that bourbon tour mm -hmm. 
bourbon country burn, burn yeah. whatever it was called, mm-hmm. the name they gave it. Even though that was one centralized camping location and then multiple days where it was kind of a hub and spoke style mm-hmm. set up where you, you camped in one location, you left your stuff set up, but you got in on the bike and rode out and then rode back. It's kind of they had loops kind of set up. Mm-hmm. Even if you're doing a situation like that and you don't have to pack up your stuff, they always start in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember one morning where it was foggy and cool. Yeah. Um, in fact, the race, uh, the start of that day was delayed yeah. because of the fog and, they, and because of safety, mm-hmm. yep. you know, which was a good call. But also, I think we were, we talked about then how you get up in the morning, it's cold, your bike's cold even. Like you get in that saddle, that saddle's cold. Yeah. It might even be damp, depending on whether you cover it. You can the almost seat. hear it ask you, what are you doing right <laughs> now? <laughs> exactly. I was like, wait a minute, you're going to sit on me all day? Give me a second. So you need to think about the varieties of things that could be going on. Uh, probably on an average day, depending on the tour we would do, we would get up and pack mm-hmm. up our stuff. Yep. And some days that's a tent. <clears throat> some days that's, you know, just getting your stuff together. If you stayed in a hotel and you're a credit card tour day or whatever, you got to get up and pack your stuff. So you've got an hour or so or maybe longer to, you know, eat some breakfast, drink some coffee. Get some caffeine flowing yeah, through yeah. the system. Yeah. Those kind of things before mm-hmm. you ever get on the bike. Mm-hmm. And on the videos that I made of that particular Kentucky ride, I remember one morning I have some video shots of you laying on the ground, <laughs> stretching. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, this didn't break. <laughs> just trying to loosen up for the morning, things yeah. like that. And yeah. so I guess the point is, is that if you're trying to train or prepare <clears throat> for these things, you need to to consider that and, and maybe think about varying your training a little bit. Don't mm-hmm. always make it all afternoon rides. Yeah. Get up on a Saturday mm-hmm. and try to leave early when it's cold out or cool out, when it's going to warm up. I mean, we had that a little bit yesterday. Yeah. It was 64 degrees or something like that when I left the house yesterday and we started riding. And we had on uh, some pullovers and stuff mm-hmm. to stay warm a little bit. And then as the day went on, it really did start to clear off. Yeah. The sun came out. It warmed up to probably around 80. So we were able to strip off some clothing. And yeah. This time of year is significant for that here in Missouri. You'll have a wide range of temperatures in the same day. <clears throat> it can be 55 degrees in the morning, and it can be 92 in the afternoon. Yep. So you really need to have layers and the ability to yep. adjust. And so just think about all these things when you're training. When you're trying to prepare, you need to consider – the, the variables, I guess, yeah. a little bit. Something just occurred to me as we were talking about that, that bourbon ride and any other ride, when I did the summer too, you're, <clears throat> if you're not sleeping in the, uh, in the conditions you're used to, uh, i.e. a tiny little sleeping pad <clears throat> on an uneven or a hard surface, um, you're going to be slower to rouse in the morning. And, and I'm not sure you can train around that, except unless you really want to do it and, 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 and alter the way you sleep for a week or two before yeah. You, yeah. you take a long ride. That's a possibility. I did not do that ever in the past but I, uh, yeah your 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 ability to recover and rest when you're out there on the tour is really different because you're you're sleeping in weird locations you might be around a whole bunch of people and and maybe they make noise or maybe they you know you're just not going to sleep as yeah. well you're not going to rest as well yeah. not to mention food nutrition um you, you know on some of those rides 
he's uh, particularly the one in Kentucky. Every evening there was some there was some bourbon involved. Bourbon, that yeah. was the point of the ride was bourbon yeah. tours and yeah, yeah. and samples and all kinds of things. And so you're introducing all kinds of variables into nutrition yeah. on top of just maybe you're eating different foods. But you got to think about all those things when you're riding. And if you're going to be self-sustained, which I know some people are, but a lot of people stop and grab food and yeah. things like that. So I guess when it comes to, to training, the things that have worked best for me has been to start small, yeah. but maybe think about more frequent as you increase your frequency over time. So the first, when I first, uh, when you got me, convinced me that to give this a try, um, you know, you got the bike, just got a basic rack on the bike and didn't really put anything on it. Just going with a naked bike basically mm-hmm. and ride about four or five miles and kind of get into that groove a little bit. And then it began to extend it to like nine miles. Mm-hmm. So I think my next kind of thing. And then after that, it was 14 or 15 miles. Mm-hmm. Then it was 20, 25 miles. And I think for me personally, after 25 miles, things kind of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't explain that except to say that for me, after 25 miles, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of difference outside of multiple days in a row. Yeah. Then. Mm-hmm. So to go out and do a 25 mile ride, we did 36 yesterday. I think I probably could have kept going. I probably could have done 50 mm-hmm. yesterday. But I think what it comes to then is endurance a yeah. little bit. Like how much, how many consecutive days could I spend in that saddle? Yeah. yeah. How many consecutive days would the, mm-hmm. the muscles, the joints, the IT band, the, <clears throat> the tendons, how, how would yeah. they feel after that? So you have to think about not only distance, but also frequency. Because it is a repetitive motion. Yeah. 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 I noticed that. I've done a couple where it tends to be after two, used to three days, <clears throat> it's kind of a rest day built in. But some of these rides that are organized and they're right across South Dakota, right across Wyoming, whatever they're doing, um, people, you know, come to that event and they say, okay, this is my week off. I've, I've scheduled this week. We got to get this done. And so they'll take the whole thing. And so there's really no rest day. There might be, you know, most of those are 60, 70 plus days, and some of them have an option most days where if you really want to, you can ride a century that day, every day. There are some folks I met that were doing that. Uh, most of the time it's 60 or 70 or so, and that's a lot every day. Uh, throwing some hills, you know, we have talked about throwing that in. We're sort of in a flat part of the country here, <clears throat> so it's hard to train with hills. You've got to really seek them out. So that's that's something else to think about too. So if you're doing consecutive days on a terrain that's different, you have a long week. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're exactly right. Most of these tours, you know, people have a certain amount of time. The organized tours, I guess I should say, they have a block of time, and so there there might be the option for taking a shorter route one day or whatever. But there really aren't a lot of rest days normally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to think about those things. I think the hardest part about cycle touring and training is um, is is making or finding the time. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Cycling is time consuming. Touring takes time. It's if you're ten miles an hour and you want to go fifty miles, that's five hours. Yeah, yeah. Math is simple. Math is simple, right? <laughs> yeah. And not not everybody can find or is willing to to carve out five hours to ride each day or. 
every other day or, you know, things like that. It's hard, you know, it's hard to, to carve that out. And so I think for, for training purposes, what I usually try to do is if I can get in, I figure if I can get in two to three times a week, mm-hmm. that's probably about as good as it's going to get. Yeah. You know, it sometimes works for me is I have those weeks where I can do that. <clears throat> Pardon me. Several days of whether it's 20 or 40 miles, whatever it happens to be. But then on a Saturday or Sunday, if the weather's nice, I'll try to put in a real long ride. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what, you know, a lot of people training for long uh, running races do, too, you know. Um, and I, I'm certainly not a runner, but my wife has done some. and I've watched her kind of go through that. And if you can do that, because on these tours, whether you're self-supported, doing it at your own pace mm. or something that's organized, there are going to be some long days. You just have to, if you're getting from point A to point B, at some point, there's going to be a long stretch. Yeah. So, Or there's going to be days where the terrain's just different. I know when we were on the Natchez, I remember, you know, there were days where it seemed like there were there's a lot more a lot more hills, just yeah. more climbing. I'm mm-hmm. sure you saw that in South Dakota. Yeah. You know, just days where you're doing more climbing. A recent video by Darwin. Well, it's not recent. It's an old video, but I was watching it recently about Darwin on the trail when he was part, you know, uh, biking the Blue Ridge Parkway. He talked about one day where, where he he only they only did like seventeen or twenty miles because it was all climbing, yeah. <laughs> and so you're gonna have miserable days like that. I think you have to be willing to, to, to maybe change your expectations, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. or change your plan, yeah. or. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you don't have that option. Like when we were in, on the Natchez, we had days where we would cycle and we had to get to the next campground because there was no we place else to else. stay. <laughs> the thing about yeah. the Natchez that was really surprised me was how little there is along that trail, that highway. Yeah. Yeah. The trace has got great, beautiful blacktop, but there's not much along it. Yeah. If you're hungry, you're, you're committed to go somewhere. Yeah. We would we? duck off the trail and and to go find food at some places and it might be a two or three mile out of the way path yeah to get to food and so to find out they're not open to find out they're closed <laughs> some of these towns that, you know, google's not always 100 percent reliable with you know when places are open so you just have to keep that in mind when your training is that terrain can affect things and you need to vary it we like you said we live in an area where the Katy Trail is almost completely flat. There's a moderate grades, but I mean, moderate's probably even over, yeah. you know, sort of not really the case. It is flat. It's a rail trail, you know, so yeah. we have to intentionally try to find places with some hills to be able to put in at least some time, but we just don't have that much here for that. Yeah. yeah. So in training, I think you need to vary your, your days. I think you need to vary the terrain if you can. <laughs> and then I think, Another big aspect of that for me has always just been time in the saddle. That's what I ever tell everybody. It's like you need saddle time. Yeah. I I just need to sit in the damn seat. Yeah. For extended periods of time mm-hmm. to get the butt in shape. And yeah. Yeah. Now, that brings up a completely different topic, which we're going to talk about in a podcast at some point is saddles. Yeah. yeah. But saddles are like anchors. I talk about sailors and anchors all the time. It's a it's a huge debate. Very uh, passionate people about what they believe is the best saddle and what works for them. Yeah. But the realities of it are, it makes no difference what saddle you have in general if you don't put time in it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> your butt is going to be sore. 
you just you, you spend that amount of time, your butt's going to be sore. Well, there are actually a couple of things to talk about there too. You know, your your pelvis gets sort of sore. You know, I mean, just because the the, the bones that that are there, they sort of get a little, you know, just a little bit of pressure. Sometimes I'll have just sort of tailbone pain for several days or something. I find sitting in a chair. If, uh, if I wasn't, if my bike wasn't adjusted right or whatever, or maybe I'd mess with the saddle. But also, you know, the, the skin, the friction, you've got you, you know, to also account for that. So, you know, get some, some chamois cream, some chamois butter. So you've got that, and you've also got to worry about just getting your, your body getting used to supporting your weight on that particular seat. It's, it's, it's yeah. different. And, and there's really just no substitute for time. It's mm-hmm. like everything, whether it's re- repetitive movements of any kind Mm -hmm. can develop you know problems with the skin Mm -hmm. in general whether it be saddle sores everybody's heard the terms i'm saddle sore or you have saddle sores you can actually get open wounds yeah so you need to be you need to take these things very seriously and these Mm -hmm. are things that can absolutely ruin your tour yeah your Mm -hmm. enjoyment and most almost all of us we're doing this for enjoyment this is not (laughs) it's not a sport i mean it is a sport but i mean it's we're not in it for the competition yeah. We're in it yeah. for seeing the countryside in different yeah. ways, in exploring small communities, meeting new people. Yeah. And the just benefit of exercise. The exercise, yes. The time out and the fresh air, the allergies. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, you don't want to ruin your you don't want to ruin your time by having poor preparation. And so one of those ways is to spend time, learn what kind of uh, if you if you wear bike shorts or you have even if, if they're not like traditional bike shorts, but you have some specific types of shorts that you wear. You talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. That some you, were just tighter in places you didn't think they were. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. So you need to you need <laughs> to right. practice with your gear. Yeah. Just get some time, you know, and I think as we talk about training, that's important. You're going to. You're going to refine your gear over time. I mean, we've been doing this for a couple of years. We're still changing things yeah. up. But we, yeah. but I have things that I'm, routines that work for me that I found. Like I have particular types of shorts that I like to wear. And I have a couple of pairs of them. And let's be honest, you probably don't need more than a couple if you're going on a tour. You, you're not going to bring all your luggage. This isn't like taking a vacation. Even when we take vacations now, we minimize that even a little bit. But yeah. This is not this is not like traveling on an airplane. This is pretty minimalistic. You you only have so much gear you can put on this bike. And uh, so you need to find some 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 clothing that really works for you. You need to find gear and refine that down so that you feel comfortable with it that you can spend a week or longer depending on your tour, but yeah. Um, you can spend a week with what you've got. And the only way you're going to figure that out is put time in it. Yeah, yeah. Wear it. <clears throat> if you do take group tours, Watch everyone else too. Talk about the routine. Watch them, and you'll chuckle. But then, you know, you'll meet them several times over the course of a few days, and you'll figure out exactly why they're doing this. It's pretty funny, um, and then you have some great conversations with people, and they'll tell you why they do this or that. It might even be a little superstition to it. A little bit of baseball player and everybody. They're like, oh, that last time I, I didn't do this. I, I bonked out mile forty. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's a ton of ritual. <laughs> it's a real interesting group. It's it's a it's a fantastic group of people. Um, most everybody that that I've interacted, that we've been around, they're friendly, they're helpful, they're willing to do whatever. Uh, people will stop and offer to help you if you're having a problem. Uh, I know we've offered to help people when they've had problems. You know, if they've had a flat or need a tool, 
mm-hmm. you know, you're going to find those kind of play people <clears throat> all over in the cycling community in general. But you can learn a lot by watching other people. And that's honestly, that's one of the reasons we wanted to start this podcast was because we talked about we got into this. We didn't know diddly, really. We didn't know anything. We went out there looking for information. We found some information, but we've learned some things along the way, and we wanted to share that. So when it talks about training, that's why we're here talking about it. What's worked for us has been sort of doing some longer rides, put some time in. But then comes the time where you actually have to just go. Yeah. Sailors talk about it all the time. Cast off the lines. Yeah. You can never have the perfect setup. The only way you're going to learn is by getting out there and experiencing it. Yeah. And I think you're going to have to have, you had to engineer a couple anxiety-provoking situations to to realize, okay, this is going to be okay. I've been caught in some storms and without this or that or you know, whatever, something breaks. And, and I thought, oh, I had that in my bag. What happened? It's not there, you know? So, but you, you have to experience those and realize you're going to make it back. <laughs> right. And, and, and you know, uh, now realize I say these things and I'm not cycling in bear country or anything like that either. But, you know, uh, there's, there's precautions to be taken, but uh, you have to sort of allow yourself to be in, a, in, a, in a, an uncomfortable, to some degree, uncomfortable situation and then you'll come to enjoy it. You get back and you think, well, that was kind of fun, you know? Well, and that's part of the experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. part of why we do this, yeah, there's the cardio and there's the countryside and all these things, but the, really it's about the experiences. And you're going to have those things where you're going to have days where you're like, I don't know if my body's going to hold up today. Yeah. But what you learn about yourself when you go through all these things, a recent article I shared with you was the guy writes a really great couple paragraphs and he talks about how, you know, they, there was toil and strife and they cried and all this stuff. It was a really great write up and it it made both of us kind of chuckle because you've been through those things where you're like, I I don't know, like, I don't know if my joints are going to hold up or I've got some significant pain here. And it's not to say that you shouldn't stop, but it's amazing how much you truly can push the body. Oh yeah. Some, yeah perseverance uh i mean we we, in the grand scheme we're actually most of us are 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 pretty uh we give up too soon i guess is what i'm trying to say we don't push ourselves to the point that we can and it's not to say that you want to injure yourself or do something that um, could lead to to some you know hospital trips or (laughs) negligence or or whatever but at the same time we 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 give up pretty pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, most put of the us. bar a little, little higher each day. Yeah, so you know you can push your body a lot farther than you ever believed you could, and uh, well, it's probably the mind more than the body. Yes, I think I think it's more it's more this. You, you know, we sort of get accustomed to letting off on our our life's accelerator, and sometimes that's what you need. But yeah, you know, sometimes it's yeah, I th- it's just going to be okay. Yeah, so kind of the the third major area that you you kind of brought up was nutrition food yeah so i i could probably do an entire podcast talking about this because i've put myself through some some crazy nutritional Mm -hmm. stuff before and continue to sometimes um i have for one thing we've both over the years we've gone through some some fairly significant weight loss i'd say just in Mm -hmm. general Mm -hmm. i've gone from from 250 to 185 over the since 2012 cycling was involved in that Mm -hmm. um I'm back now to probably about 195. That's about where I tend to sort of, that's where I sort of ride 
mm-hmm. in weight. But the point is, is that I've tried the traditional method of just calorie restriction with exercise, burn more than you eat. I've done low carb. I've done full blown ketosis um, and cycled in that. And I learned a ton of things about how that functions, both in research and practical implementation for me. And so if anybody ever wants to know more about that, happy to talk about it. If you're thinking about true ketosis cycling, it all, I'll give you the secret. It all comes down to heart rate, um, or did for me anyway, I can only speak to my own experience, but the difficulties are, are, are great, uh, in that finding food or taking food, packing foods that you can stay within that realm of a ketogenic diet is really difficult Um, because out there on the road, there, there are just not as many options available to you. And it's harder to pack foods that are high in fat, low in carbohydrate. You know, if can't, I can't easily throw a ribeye, you know, in my, in my (laughs) trunk bag, my, my, my trunk bag and, Whip that baby out, you know. <laughs> yes, there are options. Yes, there are, are, are things, but, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. And so that's why trying it, it was great, but in practicality, I tend to, to leave that for tours because not only that, like if you go on organized tours, most of the foods prepared are going to be yeah. more traditional cycling, uh, higher carbohydrate type things. So you might be on a cycling tour and if it's organized in the evening, might be pasta. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so if you pasta don't eat beer, <laughs> beer and pasta, yeah, which are two extremely high carbohydrate items. <laughs> and so you might have to make some sacrifices mm-hmm. dietary wise. So you need yeah. to think about that. But nutrition is a huge part. And we talked about this yesterday a little bit. Yeah. Um, food timing. Yeah. And you'll learn about your own needs. That's the thing. That, that I sort of discovered you, you think, okay, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm about to hit the wall. And then that's, you know, 30 minutes ago is when I should have eaten it <laughs> when that's the case for, for sure. me. But, uh, that's, that's the thing. You have to sort of figure that out for yourself. The hardest part too, is to consider when you're biking, how many calories you're burning I mean, just in general in an hour. Yeah. So you have to think about that. And my rough estimate for me in what I think anyway, and you never know this exactly, but you'll kind of learn this over time, is that my body tends to burn about 500 calories an hour. Just on, just on mm-hmm. average, you know, five, mm-hmm. two, you know, 350 to 500, somewhere in there. It all mm-hmm. depends. So if you're going to keep up with that, you really have to eat a fair yeah. amount of food you fuel, uh, yeah. to fuel the body. But at the same time, oftentimes we don't feel like eating. Like you're riding along and you're just like, oh, I don't. I don't yeah. want to put food in right now. Yeah. It doesn't even sound good sometimes, depending on the mm-hmm. weather or yeah. temperature. Yeah. And then, of course, it's it's fluids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have to you have to drink water or some kind of a liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that for us, like it was funny yesterday, you were uh, we kind of were coordinating or we didn't really know we were coordinating, but we sort of coordinated and you were at the coffee place with your, with your mug there. Yeah. Yeah. Loading up on coffee and you were laughing that, you know, coffee's best out of a feed bag. Yeah. You a, oh yeah. You know, your, 
your mug in the feed bag. And I shot a picture back to you and I had my coffee mug in a feed bag too. And so, you know, oftentimes we might start that morning out with the morning coffee, but it might be on the bike. Mm -hmm. And that's your first liquid of the day. But not only is it the liquid, it's a a caffeine shot, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But that's like the thing, man, I I have to start the day like that. Like, I feel like that is the thing that it's, it's like, the routine. It's another one of those routines we talk about is if you drink coffee, don't be afraid to throw it in there and put it on your bike and take it with you. Yeah. It's another liquid source. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to mention something too, because I don't, I don't want folks to get the wrong idea about, about at least me and my objectives. I understand that some of the things I do or choose to do when I'm bicycling are not uh, evidence-based, <laughs> right? Oh, not sure. the best idea, but yeah. it's but it's something we're going to enjoy. So you say, okay, this is I'm doing this not because it's my job, not because I'm training for the Tour de France or anything, but because this is what I want to spend my Saturday doing. And by God, I'm going to have my coffee. Um, and if I wrap up at the end of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wind up at the distillery in Hermit, and I might have a big burger and a and a, and a bourbon. And that's it. I'm not going to apologize, but that's what I've chosen to do. So right. yeah, you no. know, you have to sort of realize too, you're training, but you got to enjoy it. You got to be doing something you want to do. Or you're not going to do it next Saturday. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent agree. You know, that's th- this is all about the enjoyment factor. It's about experiences, as yeah. we said. So if it means in the middle of your tour, you decide to cut it short because you want to go to a winery and eat bread and cheese and drink a bottle of wine, then cut it short. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's about enjoying it. It's mm-hmm. about. I think that's the other thing when we talk about nutrition and food, just in general. Um, you know, sometimes you want to stop and eat the crazy thing, yeah, and, and, yeah. And because it's the thing right there. If you're if you're on ragbri, and pie is the thing in <laughs> Iowa, pie. you're gonna eat some pie, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, if you're driving through or or biking through the country, and there's a place that makes fried pies, like you found a place this mm-hmm. week, yeah. You're going to get the fried pie, man, and check it out. That's part of the experience. It's part of sort of enjoying life. And so that's why I understand the dietary needs and the nutrition needs, and you want to be healthy, and maybe you're in this for exercise or the uh, the healthy lifestyle of it. Mm -hmm. But don't be afraid to cut yourself some slack. Sure. Yeah. Um, And live life a little bit too. You know, I'm certainly happy with, you know, the fact that I'm, not as heavy as I was. I feel I feel better for sure. Um, I do tend to lead a lower carb lifestyle, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna s- sacrifice that uh, that cheeseburger if I I need some food. Yeah. Well, and you know, look back, rewind a few years. More like just a couple for me, but you've been doing some of this for a little longer. The, the fitness and the nutrition changes. Um, and the bottom line is, every incremental step forward toward a healthier person is is, is good. And so, yeah, I'm not where I need to be, uh, and I'm making some choices that aren't always designed for the best performance on the bicycle, but I'm a heck of a lot better off than I was two years ago. Well, I think we should, you know, (laughs) you can talk about health, but we should never forget about mental health. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're you're getting that exercise and you're just having enjoyment, the enjoyment of being out there, and you're just – you know, fresh air and all those things. Yeah, there's the allergies and all the potential things that can cause you some headaches. But, you know, just the mental health aspect of cycling is really great. It's really connecting you with the outdoors more. And uh, you're getting some good cardiovascular exercise. You're getting some good 
some good, uh, you know, it's really, I, even though it's a repetitive movement, I do think it's low impact. I think it's mm-hmm. good for your joints, depending on your age. It definitely helps with mobility, flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also helps with core strength, I believe. I really believe that cycling is really good for your core. I know that after we ride 36 miles, I can feel my core yeah. work that's happened throughout that day from, you know, just Standing, holding yourself up and leaning yeah. and moving. All those things have massive health benefits. So, you know, from a training perspective, this is good for your body overall, particularly as you age, I believe. It's good for balance. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, you know, and then mental health. So, I don't know. It's a great great way to get out and and get some exercise, experience life, and and enjoy things. Um, So, as you're – I think it's just as you're training, just think about those things. Put the time in. I guess the most important things I think are just time. time. Put some time in. And be kind of intentional about it too, you know. Yeah. Um, because, you know, any time in the, in the, in the saddles is going is to be good for, the, for that purpose. But if you can, you know, engineer some, some different terrain, different times of day, the different conditions, just, you know, <laughs> it may not seem fun. But if, you're, if you've got some, some rain coming that's not thunderstorm, go out and ride in it. Because if you're on a tour, you're trying to get it across Texas, or not Texas, bad example. It's not raining a lot in Texas, but South Dakota um, or Missouri, you're going to be riding in some rain. So just convince yourself that you can do it and not be totally miserable. Yeah. That's actually worthwhile, too. Yeah, you need to, you need to experience a lot of the variables, mm-hmm. you know, in your training. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the point is that figuring out uh, you know how to how to make all those things work. Yeah. That's it. It's interesting when we talk about nutrition, and then we'll wrap this up because I know we're we're at forty something minutes maybe or so. But when you talk about nutrition, too, you know we have this tendency if you just if all you do is watch videos and and, and read on forums, <clears throat> you'll see a lot of folks talk about taking food along and all this stuff. But I think one of the things that we've learned is that you can always find places to eat. And get food. Yeah. I guess I should have. We should have included that in nutrition. You should take food along to have because we did have places on the Natchez, for instance, mm-hmm. where we didn't we didn't have any options. We're yeah. at the campground on Sunday night or whatever. Yeah, so we wound mm-hmm. up, you know, eating some ramen noodles or packaged meal or or something, yeah. you know, on our camp stoves from our yeah. our bikes. But there is a lot of food items and options out there. You're going to be stopping. You're going to be eating at different places. Um, yeah, you know, you're, you're just going to have a lot of opportunity for different food items. So don't feel like you got to pack the whole refrigerator, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Just have a couple things that will get you out of trouble, like a couple little energy bars. If yeah. you need it. Yeah. yeah. For us, I think our go-tos, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the different types of bars yeah. and you can pick anything that works for you. Um, I, I do enjoy sometimes having along different nuts. Yeah. Um, almonds, I, I like, you know, to carry almonds sometimes, things like that. I do carry sometimes, um, you know, when we talk about training, sometimes when you're out there, you need some hydration tablets of some yeah. sort. Electrolytes. Electrolytes get trounced if it's, you know, you're chugging lots of water. <clears throat> um, you're sweating sweat. out a lot. I know there have been times where I could, I felt like total junk and figure out that if I drank something with electrolytes in it, suddenly I felt better for some reason. Yeah. And I think that all is related. Yeah. So as you're training, think about think about all those things. Think about time in the saddle, frequency of your training. Mm-hmm. You need to put some time in before you go on that tour because ultimately 
what you want this to do is to be enjoyable. And you need to put some time in so that you can enjoy it. But inevitably, at some point, you just got to go. Get out there and go. Put the band-aid, jump in. Yeah, so... I don't know. Anything else? Anything to wrap it up? So. I don't think so. No, I think we've covered some good stuff. Well, thanks everybody for watching. If you or listening, depending on if this podcast or YouTube, we we had about seventy four people or seventy six people that watched the last podcast yeah. uh, on YouTube. I know that one in particular. This is available on all the major podcast platforms, so you can download it as well if you want to listen on the go. <clears throat> it's a great podcasts are a great thing to listen to while you train. Yeah. Fair point to make. Oftentimes we listen to music, we listen to podcasts and all those things when we're riding. And so if you haven't liked or subscribed, please give that a, a try. Check us out on the podcast. If you leave a review on the podcast, that's really helpful, particularly if it's a positive review. But Apple, Google, all those places have places where you can leave a review. And that really does help our uh, distribution and people finding us out there. So we certainly would appreciate that. Anyway. That's it for today. Talking about training. Get out there, ride your bike, do some training. And most importantly, go out there and take a tour. Get out there and do something. You'll see something you haven't seen. All right. See you again soon.